Hey, good morning, everybody. Nice to be back to our Sunday morning breakfast, Bonanza, and Sheer. Baruch Hashem. Welcome back to all. I'd like to begin a new series, and this is a series on the Taryag Mitzvos. Not to be overwhelmed, we're not going through all 613, but Baruch Hashem, we do a lot of Limud HaTorah, and we know that just being familiar with the mitzvos, uh, that's something that we may not have had the chance or opportunity to really explore thoroughly. Now we know that Bizman all Taryag mitzvos are not possible to be Mekayim, but the Chafetz Chaim has a sefer where he goes through both the positive and negative mitzvos that are applicable Bizman Hazeh. Now even those, we're not going to explore each and every one, but I'd like to analyze some of the most fundamental even saying that phrase might be bordering an apicorsus, but at least some of the, uh, the ones that apply to us hashkafically and halachically very often. So today will just be more of a, a short introduction to the, uh, the Indian of Taryag Mitzvos, the topic of the mitzvos, And then we'll proceed next week with uh, going through, not sure what we'll do next week yet, way too far in advance. But even the idea of tshuva, right? probably a good mitzvah to analyze at some point before Yom Kippur. We all speak about doing tshuva, and and the zrizus, and the musr behind it, but what is the actual mitzvah? Is it a mitzvah? Is the vidui the mitzvah? What, what does that mean? What is the mitzvah of Amun and Hashem? What is the mitzvah of Bitachon? Okay, mitzvah Hashem, we have a lot to explore. But as a background to the mitzvahs in general, the Sefer Haredim writes... He says, how is it possible for any one person to be Mekayim al-Taryag mitzvos? We know that even Bizman HaMikdash, in the times when we had the base of Mikdash, it's still EF sure. It's impossible for any one person to do all of the Taryag mitzvos. And therefore his answer is, the way we could be Mekayim all of the mitzvos is through a sense of achtus. Meaning to say, just like I'm responsible for you if I can inspire you, if I can teach you otherwise, then there's an idea of arvos. I'm achroi, I'm responsible for you, and if I don't stop you, and I don't give you tochacha, then it's considered that I'm participating in that iser. The same thing is true when it comes to a mitzvah. That I may not be doing the mitzvah, it could even be that I'm not in the category of that mitzvah. I'm not a kohen, I'm not a levi. Nonetheless, <coughs> If I'm part of Klal Yisrael, Raguf Echad says the Sefer Haredim, that's true directly where I could be teaching you a halacha. And he says that's also true indirectly. Even if I never met you before, you live somewhere in Argentina, and I'm living in uh, New York City. But through Avas Yisrael and through a sense of Achtus, we really live the, the unity of Klal Yisrael. And therefore, I could be Mekayim your mitzvot, you could be Mekayim my mitzvot. Now, even with the Sefer Haredim, there are still many mitzvos that Bizman Hazeh were not able to do. There is nobody in Klal Yisrael that could bring a carbon. So that's where we have the, the second idea, which is probably more well-known, which is when we learn about any particular mitzvah, so the Gemara tells us it's ke'ilu we're makayim that mitzvah. And that's why Limud Mishnayos, the Chafetz Chaim, spoke about this often, 
And that's why the learning of Mishnayis is so crucial, because through going, through all of the Siddhar of Mishnayis, you are accomplishing a basic limit of Torah Shabal Peh. The entirety of Torah Shabal Peh we have in the Mishnayis. So it's true, going through the Sadarim, right, the Mishnayis Yomi, going through uh, different Inyanim of Tuma, they might be complicated, I might not be getting full shot there, this kind of Kli, that kind of Kli, if the hole is this big, if the hole is that big, when is a Mechabal Tuma? But the fact that I'm familiar with those Mishnayis, the Chafetz Chaim writes, that means I dabbled in all of Torah Shabal Peh, and then in the Olam HaEmes, when I get into the world of truth, then I'll be able to get involved with every area of Torah. Because there is a concept that in the Olam Emes, the Torah that I'll be able to continue learning needs to be predicated on the Torah that I learned in the Olam Hazeh. So if at least I'm familiar with it here, then Amrit Hashem in the Olam Emes, I'll be able to delve more into it. So we have one idea of Achtos through being connected with Klal Yisrael. It's considered I'm doing your mitzvos, you're doing my mitzvos. And then through learning about all of the various halachos of the Torah, that itself is ke'ilu, that's as if I'm mekayim the mitzvah. So we have the famous Chazal. Ratzah Kodesh Baruch Hu Lezakos Es Yisrael Lefika Achir Torah U Mitzvos. Hashem wanted to give us chos, and therefore he gave us so many mitzvos. Explains the Duvna Magid. Bedarko uh, B'Kodesh, he shares a mashal. He speaks about a young man who was just starting a business pursuit, and he was in touch with his uncle. We'll say his uncle was living in Vienna, and his uncle had a lot of connections. So he was asking, is it possible to set me up? I'm going to come and visit you for a few weeks. And if you could just get my name out, I could bring some of my schara, some of my wares with me, and hopefully do some business. So he meets up with his uncle, and uh, he stays in a particular place. And his uncle tells his nephew, I've spoken to many people. I got the, uh, the word out that you're in town, and you have so much to offer. And Amrit Hashem, people will come knocking at your door, coming to purchase whatever you have. So the young man was excited. And Yomam Velayla, almost every single moment, one after the next, there was a knock on the door, people come in, they purchase something, they schmooze, the guy leaves, Mamish the second later, another guy comes over and over and over again until it's time for the young man to go back. So Baruch Hashem, he was very successful, made a lot of money, got his name out. His uncle asks him, so how was your experience here in Vienna? And he said back, I'll tell you the truth, thank you so much for all of the connections. It was really, uh, it was matzliach. But I didn't get a chance to do anything. I didn't see any part of the, uh, the city. Didn't get a chance to walk around and, uh, you know, drink coffee at one of the local cafes. So I feel a little bit that I missed out on Vienna. Let's read this together inside, the top of the left. <clears throat> I didn't have any time to rest. They kept on coming. I didn't have any time to take a walk, to stroll around the city. His uncle said to him, You should know. I was the one that caused you to have all of this work. Because I was concerned. I know you're young and curious. 
If you had time on your hands, you would go into the orchards, Vililkot Shoshanim, and pick the flowers, Latayel Babate Karkosios, and go to the feeders, Vitivazer Mooscha Aldevarim Betelim, and end up spending or wasting your money on worthless things, Lechein Dibarti Masochrim. Therefore, I told people, don't just go to my nephew, but make sure to bombard him. So Hanimshel said the Dubna Magid, HaKadosh Baruch Hu Sholach Eze Adam Al Penei Adama Sheyase Mizchar Vekinyin Betorah Mitzvah. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu sends each one of us into the world for a unique mission, to be Mekayim Torah Mitzvahs, to have our own challenges, but HaKadosh Baruch Hu knows the Yetzirah, Barasi Yetzirah, and therefore Lechein Haisa Atzasu Yisbarach Laharbos Aleihem Mitzvos Rabos. Therefore the Yetzirah of HaKadosh Baruch Hu was, we need to give Klal Yisrael many different mitzvos so they don't have time to pursue Taiva V'Toeva. Lo Yishar Lehem Zman Loser Acher Havalim, and they won't have the... Uh, the luxury to chase after worthless things. And this, he says, the deeper meaning of the Memra, Reb Hanan ibn Akasha, Ratzah Kodesh Baruch Hu, Lezakos Yisrael, meaning to say, Hashem was concerned for our welfare. He didn't want us to waste our precious time in this world. Therefore, here belehem toru mitzvos. So someone asks you the question, why do you have so many commandments? Right? Every second of your life is legislated what to do, how to do it, when to do it. It's too much. So according to Dubna Magid, the simple answer is, true, it is a tircha. It does take time and energy and focus, and it requires limud in order, lasos, in order to know what to do. But it's the greatest gift in the world, because it keeps us in check. Right? Otherwise, we'd be exploring all sorts of narishkeit. We'd be involved with protests and other, other things that fill that void of meaning. Therefore, He gave us Torah mitzvos, many of them. So this idea is really teaching us, even if theoretically I'm not super engaged in the mitzvah that I'm doing, and I'm kind of spaced out in many of my mitzvos, there still is a toelis, there's a great benefit of, of being involved with mitzvos. I, it's a sur meirah. I'm staying away from all of the other distractions that Olam Hazah has to offer. The Nefesh Achayim writes, and this is really a main theme of his Sefer, because he was concerned, at least in the beginning of the Hasidic movement, he was concerned that there was almost too much of a focus on the lave and the nefesh and the hislavos, the fire and the passion of the mitzvah, to the point where somebody might say, I'm not really feeling it. I'm not super inspired right now. So why should I even do it? What's the goal of doing a mitzvah if I'm not, if I'm not connecting with Hashem? And the truth is, we hear this a lot in contemporary society. Baruch Hashem, with the, the advancement of psychology and the understanding of everyone's unique, everyone has their own struggles and their own challenges, painting guilt in a very negative uh, picture. So many people will say, why should I push myself to go to shul if I'm really not feeling it? I'm not connecting. 
the only reason I would choose to do it is to, uh, to avoid feeling guilty, and I don't want to do anything just to avoid feeling guilty. Rabbi Shechaim writes, if we had any clue, if we had even a glimpse into the different olamos that are being created with every machshava, dibra, and maisa of our avodas Hashem, we would never say, I'm just not in the mood, I'm not feeling it. Right? The mashal would be, if, if there's mamish someone who's being attacked, and you had the ability to save them, right? You know uh, Taekwondo, and the guys who are attacking your friend, eh, whatever, they're kind of wimps, and you know full well, you go over to them, beat them up, and save your friend's life. But I went to sleep at 1.30 last night. <laughs> I'm so not in the mood to get into a brawl right now, and I'm wearing my nice pants. <laughs> Likely they're going to get ripped, at least dirty. Then I send them to the cleaners, and I pick them up next week, and I don't have pants for Shabbos. <laughs> Forget it. Let them die. If we understood the chashivas of the moment, so then even if we're not feeling it, even if we're not inspired, we would never neglect, we would never lose the opportunity of being the kind of mitzvah. So as a hagdama, as an introduction to our pursuit of mitzvos, connecting with mitzvos, making them more meaningful, we have to understand, even if they're not meaningful to us yet, because we don't fully appreciate what we're doing, klape shmaya, objectively speaking, Every mitzvah that we do, every word, every smile, every tefillah is being bona olamos, it's building olamos. Let's jump through Dessler, where he gives us a nice framework of two categories of mitzvahs. Dessler writes that we find throughout the Svarim that sometimes mitzvahs are referred to as chayim, as life, and elsewhere we find the mitzvahs referred to as levushim, as clothing. So what's the deeper meaning between a mitzvah that's chayim and a mitzvah that's a levush, that's clothing? Explains Reb Dessler, There are two ways of being mekayim a mitzvah. Aleph, ha-mekayim mitzvah im panimius libo, behergish, one who's able to be mekayim a mitzvah, Internally, with a real feeling, it takes struggle to push through, to force myself to do it. There's some level of, sac- of self-sacrifice involved. Then that mitzvah is categorized as life itself. Why is that called chayim? Yan Because through the fight, through the struggle, through the conflict, through the hargasha, that is infusing within me a kedusha that I did not have before. V'haraya odoso. What is the proof that the mitzvah I'm doing right now is in the category of chayim? If it's hard, if it's a struggle, if I have to push to get there. V'geder chayim hu hashlomas chisaron asher yargish ha'ani. Chaim is when I'm feeling some void, right? The Enochi, my real essence, is feeling a lack of meaning, and I could, I could inspire myself to do something that may not come naturally. That's a kiyum of a mitzvah, and that's also a hausafa that's infusing within myself more life. There's a beautiful gra, I've quoted this many times, but the gra in Sefer Rus, where we have Rus walking back with Naomi, and she wants to go with her to Eretz Yisrael. And the Ami keeps on trying to convince her, listen, 
it's going to be a life of struggle. I have nothing to offer you. You should stay here with your people. You have a lot to gain from being with your mishpacha. Don't be Megayer. Don't convert. Don't follow me. And then eventually it says that when Naomi saw that she was mitzah metzis, that she was fighting, then she gave in. And she said, okay, come along. The Pashim shot in that is, when Naomi saw that she really meant it, and she wasn't just uh, putting on a show, then she understood she was, she was sincere, and she said, please come with me, let's be Megayer. Says the girl, that's not pshat. Rather, it's when Naomi saw that Rus was mitzah metzis, that she was fighting within herself, that when she had that inner turmoil, and it wasn't so pushit what she wanted to do, and she was having that, 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 that conflict, then Naomi realized this is the Yetzirah. If the Yetzirah is here, that means you're trying to do the right thing. So Dessler is telling us the raya that the mitzvah we're doing is a kiyum of chayim, is if there's some level of struggle. Base, when is a mitzvah called clothing? Levush. That's when I do a mitzvah. Based on my education, this is what I've been doing my whole life. Mitzvah zanashim melumada, the famous phrase of Yeshaya Hanavi, just doing the mitzvahs mechanically. Bechina zu nikres levush. That kind of mitzvah is called clothing. Ki imgam tachzer ba panimius, mikomokum yeshul erchinuchi. So says Rav Dessler, it's true, you're lacking the, the internal connection. But there still is a maila, there's a benefit of the, the education of the continual chinuch by making myself do the mitzvah. Hainu, erech shel shmira mata. It's protecting me not to fall farther. Ki tader. Because if I'm surrounded by mitzvos, even though even though I have no idea what I'm doing, I don't know why I'm doing it, I'm not really connected to it. And the only reason why I'm doing this particular mitzvah is because of peer pressure or it's because my, my teacher told me to do so. It could still serve as a protection against the Yetzirah. I remember having a conversation with a, a good friend of mine in LA where he's a very brilliant guy, a Baal Tshuva, and he went through a period of, of really being excited and passionate about Judaism. And then a few years later, had a little bit of a setback, wasn't so into things. So I was sitting with him in his living room and we were schmoozing. And he was just kind of telling me that he no longer davens, no longer does many of the, uh, the quote-unquote ritualistic aspects of, of Judaism. But as we were schmoozing, I saw that he was wearing tzitzis. So I asked him about that. And he said, yeah, it's interesting. You know, I don't really wear a yarmulke much, but I still wear my tzitzis because nobody sees it. You know, when I go to university, he was a professor at the time. You know, no one's going to comment and ask questions, so I don't feel at all awkward by wearing the tzitzis. I've been doing it for so long. I might as well. But then he said, sometimes I kind of feel like a faker. Like, why am I wearing tzitzis if I'm not doing so many other things? So I shared with him this idea of Reb Dessler. I said, there's, there's two ways of doing mitzvahs. When we're in the zone, we could be doing a mitzvah that's categorized as chayim because it's really being Mosef, Kedusha, and elevating me as a human being. If I'm not in the zone, 
then it's still protecting me and keeping me in the game. I might not be playing right now. I might need a rest and therefore I'm sitting on the bench, but I'm still on the team and I'm still in the stadium and I'm in the game. Right? So we have mitzvahs that are categorized as chayim and then mitzvahs that are categorized as levush and we should never underestimate the mitzvah that we do, even if it's only in the second category of levushim. <clears throat> okay, let's jump here to the Rambam. So some of this background from the Duvna Magen of Dessler and the Nefesh Shechayim, that was viewing the mitzvahs as more of a protection against falling spiritually, and the, the quantity of the mitzvahs being significant, even if the quality may be lacking. Then we find the Rambam. And this Rambam is, is famous. His commentary to the Mishnah at the end of Makos. He has a different pshat in that famous line of Ratzah HaKadosh Baruch Hu L'Zakos Yisrael L'Fika Acher B'Lehem Toru Mitzvos. Writes the Rambam. Me'ikri Amuna B'Torah Kishi Yekayim Adem Mitzvah Mitaryag Mitzvos Koroi. This is not just an idea we find in the philosophy of the Hashkafah Torah, but this is one of the Yesodeh HaTorah. That when a person's able to be Mekayim a Mitzvah Karoi in its proper way, I have no other agenda, I have no other motivation. But I'm just doing it with sincerity out of love. So then the Rambam says, That one mitzvah done with sincerity, l'shma, will give you the schus to the world to come. This is what the, the Chazal teach us, that when we have so many mitzvahs, It's impossible that throughout my whole life, going through the motions and the rituals of all the mitzvahs, it's impossible not to do at least one of them well, and when I find that one mitzvah, where I'm in the zone, I have the opportunity, right? everything is perfect for this particular mitzvah, that will infuse, like Rav Dessler told us, that will infuse chayim into my neshava, my neshama from that one Maisa mitzvah. So it's not that we have so many mitzvahs to keep us in the game. That might also be true. But the Rambam is saying on a slightly deeper level, we have so many mitzvahs throughout our lives and throughout every day because that way at least we could do one with real shlemus. And that one mitzvah done with sincerity, with ava, that could be my ticket to nitzchias. That's the Rambam. When we don't have any emotional connection, so that's when apathy, disconnect, and detachment right, come into our lives. You know, the idea of trying to do mitzvos behislavos in the category of chayim and not just lavush, the reason why we want that is not only religious, it's not just because it's a better quality of a mitzvah, but psychologically, to really stay inspired, I need to have at least some of the mitzvahs that I'm doing with a real emotional connection. Otherwise, that breeds apathy. And this is what the Malbim writes in Yeshaya. Yeshaya bemoans the fact 
that Klal Yisrael is only serving Hashem with lip service, but it's not really from the lave, right? Your heart is removed from me. <clears throat> the Malbim explains, it's ke'ilu kol min ha-mitzvah, Yeshaya's critique to Klal Yisrael was, it's as if we view the whole intent of a mitzvah, hurak maisim chitzonim, as external actions below machshava v'kavana that don't require real machshava or kavana. We view the mitzvos as bodies, as actions, as, uh, as externalities. Where does this come from? Where did that mindset of Klal Yisrael um, <clears throat> stem from? So he says, Melumada Murgelis, this is the category of Levoshim of Reb Dessler. It's based on habit and education that I had when I was young. The reason why they were doing mitzvahs is not based on any understanding or appreciation. It was based on the fact that my father told me to do so. Or my Rebbe instructed me, this is what we do in the mornings. This is the bracha we say. And this line is extremely powerful. How did Kalal Yisrael get to a state of apathy and disconnect? Because the way they were doing the mitzvahs was only limud v'hergol, bli das ezatam la mitzvah, without any understanding of the reason behind the mitzvah. So in our exploration of mitzvahs, as we go through mitzvahs individually, the way to be mekayim a mitzvah in the geder of chayim and not just the geder of levush is if we delve into the tam of the mitzvah as well. We have to understand what are we gaining from doing this? What is the intent of this mitzvah? With the Havana Muka, with a deep appreciation of the Tam, then that sounds like from the Malbim, that gives us the, the ability to pull ourselves out of the Limud and the Hergol and to connect with it in a real way. Yes? When you say compromise, what do you mean? Right, so the truth is every, every case needs to be viewed individually. Your first example of a person who says, if I come to Shul and I dive into Fila B'Tzibor, I mamish can't concentrate, and I have so much more kavana davening at home. Likely, practically, the best aids is still to come to shul. However you could argue, from a purely halachic perspective, maybe there's an argument to say, stay home and have more kavana. And that gets into a conversation. What level of chiyuv is tefillah b'tzibor? Right, and that's the lashon of the mechaber in, in uh, right, Simen Sadi, Hishtadel, what does that mean? Your other example, though, of you know, eating outside the sukkah, so that's, that's usr. If I'm eating something that's categorized as a suda, then the chiyuv is that needs to be in a sukkah. 
So everything you have to look at the halachic parameters. So again, you have to look at, at the parameters. What's considered tsar? What is the heter regarding sukkah? How does that apply to other areas of halacha? But the, uh, the hashkafa, at least, is that quality makes a big difference. It doesn't allow us to violate a chiyuv, right? But quality does make a big difference. And without understanding at least a little bit of the tam behind the mitzvah, then it sounds like we're going to be trapped in the world of limud and hergel. In the Sefer Achinach, this is actually something that we've quoted before. Shia Cohen quotes this often. This is in one of the, uh, the Tami HaMitzvos, when the Sefer Achinach is trying to explain the prohibition against placing devash or chametz, honey or chametz on the Mizbeach. He starts off by saying, it's not so clear. We don't really find clear sources telling us what the Isra is based on. But I feel compelled... To, to share with you, my son, at least one reason that we can understand. In order, that you should never view the mitzvos as a closed book. So what's so bad if I can't relate to the reason behind the mitzvah? So the Malbim said, because then I'll be trapped in Limon and Hergel. The Sefer Achinach takes it one step further and he says, Pen yivotu behem mitoch kach if you don't understand the reason for a mitzvah, not only can that bring a hergol and limud or leave me trapped in that state, but it might actually cause me to be boe, to rebel against the mitzvahs and leave them entirely. So on one hand, we see the importance of getting in the tam of the mitzvah, on the other hand, we could have the question, we all know there are many mitzvos that no matter how hard we try, we're not going to have a very satisfying answer for the time of the mitzvah. So what do we do with those mitzvos? If there's no way to explain paraduma, there's no real way to explain basar b'chalav and shatnas, so therefore we have no hope, we're going to go off the derech. So there's a, there's a Rebbeinu Bechaya where... <coughs> He's really talking about the way the non-Jewish world views us, but I think the application, the Maisa, is really for ourselves. In the, the famous Pesukim in the beginning of Eschanan, where Claudius Yisrael told, Shmartem Vasisem, keep the mitzvahs well, learn about them and do them, because this will be your chachma in the perspective of the non-Jewish world. They will hear about all of the chukim. And they're going to say, And they're going to be astounded. Wow, what an amazing, what an understanding, what a profound nation. Right? What other nation is so close to Hashem? And who else besides Klal Yisrael has chukim mishpatim tzadikim? Tzadikim, Rashi says, means not on the people, but on the mitzvos themselves. So if we learn and we do the mitzvos well, the Torah is giving us a haftacha. It's promising that the non-Jewish nations will be enamored. They're going to be standing in awe of the, the sanctity and the Kedusha of Klal Yisrael. 
Now, what's the cash on this? A few. <laughs> yeah. One's that can be. And second of all, why is that uh, an impetus for us? Why do we care? Why is that the thing that we care about? Those are two wonderful questions. I was thinking of a third one, but I'll address those quickly, right? When will that be? Bekarov Mama Shemir Tzashem. Right, so, so we do have, we do have times in Klal Yisrael, you know, in the, in the Sefer Malachim, we hear about the nations, you know, coming to Shlomo HaMelech and wanting to bring Karbonos, and so maybe we had moments throughout history. To answer your second question, why do we care? Why is Hashem using this as a motivation? Right, then they're all going to think you're really cool. That's not L'Shem Shemayim. I should be doing mitzvahs because that's the Ratzon Habare. So the Sforno says, we believe in Kiddush Hashem. Kiddush Hashem really means not just I want the non-Jews to like us and hopefully not persecute us, but Kiddush Hashem is I want to show them godliness. I want to teach the world the Darche Hashem. Not directly, right? We're not there to, to try to convert people. But through Shmartim V'asisim, through our own mitzvos at Hislavus, that will be an inspiration to all of humanity, because we care deeply about humanity. So the Pasuk is saying here, if you do it well, then everyone will look at you with awe, and they're going to learn from you, which is really the goal of Kalal Yisrael as a nation, being Mekayim and Or Legoyim. Oh, that was the question I was looking for. You were bothered by that also? Oh. Because when it comes to chukim, we know the famous Rashi in a few places in Chumash, where he quotes the Chazal, that a chok is something that we don't understand, where the non-Jewish world makes fun of us for doing this particular mitzvah, because it makes no sense, and the Yetzahara, meaning, and we ourselves grapple with it, because it makes no sense. So how could you tell me on one hand that non-Jews are going to make fun of me for shaking lulav and asrog or for avoiding basar b'chalav but on the other hand then they're going to praise us and stand in awe of the, 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 the gedula of Kalal Yisrael. Let me share with you the Rebbeinu B'chayah. The Rebbeinu B'chayah here says as follows. To answer this question, and I think to bring it back to ourselves, it's very important. He says, when the non-Jews have a glimpse into the mishpatim, when they see that Klal Yisrael is living with honesty, with erlichkeit, with kedusha, with real spirituality, with a genuine care and concern for their brothers and sisters and for the entire world, that will open their eyes to even having the ability to appreciate the chukim. It doesn't mean they're going to understand the chukim. We ourselves don't understand the chukim. But, but the example I like to give is if you have a, a family and you're looking at this family with some level of, of envy. Look at how amazing the relationship is the kids have with their parents and they're so respectful and there's such mention and the father doesn't lose his temper, and there's so much love and achva. I want to be more like right, the Schwartzes. What do they do? So I'm going to analyze them carefully. And I see the way they speak to their children with, with respect. They value what they have to say. 
they make time for them. The father learns together. The mother is reading books on the couch. And then I see something strange. The, the, the mother will take some omega-3, only from fatty fish, not from any other substance like flaxseed, but only from fatty fish. And she'll take it and she'll rub it behind the children's ears. That's a strange thing to do. Never saw that before. I look, up, I look it up online. I can't find anyone talk about it. What's my response? I got to try that. Wow. Why am I machshiv something that makes no sense? Why do I appreciate it? Because I see the product. The proof is in the pudding. If somehow there's so much here that I do get and I do appreciate and I'm attracted to and I'm almost envious of, then even the things I don't get, there's probably something behind it that makes a lot of sense. If, on the other hand, I see the Schwartz family and they're totally dysfunctional and they're always yelling at each other and there's no value, there's no respect, there's no love, and they also put omega-3 oil on the back of the kid's ear, what's my response? You guys are insane. <laughs> Crazy. Right? Do you want to try that also? No, no, thank you, I'm good. Right? I'll stick the flaxseed for my omega-3. So that's what the Rebbe Nebuchadnezzar says. That's true regarding the non-Jewish perception of the Jewish people, but it's true for ourselves as well. The more we're able to relate to the mitzvos, that we actually do have a clear tom. We're not going to get to the ultimate tom. The ultimate shorish is obviously way beyond all of us. But the mitzvahs that we can relate to, if we're makayim them begeder chayim in a way where we're actually thinking and, 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 and living them, not just doing the, the golem, the outside structure of the mitzvah, then even the chukim that we'll never have a valid or sufficient explanation for, will have a deeper appreciation for those as well. Uh, I think we're going to call it here for now. Oi. Okay, we're going to call it here for now, but it's a sham. We're going to continue next week with our explanation or exploration of the mitzvot. Shkoyach, everybody.